chapter 33 of Exodus continues the story of the golden calf. In 32, Moshe came down the mountain. He saw the people dancing around a golden calf, breaks the tablets. He initiates a civil war between the perpetrators who made the golden calf and the others. And at the end of it, he goes back to God and he asks God to forgive them. If not, Moshe says, wipe me out of your book. It's the end of chapter 32. God says, those that sinned, I'll wipe out of my book. And in chapter 33, begins with, Vayidaber Hashem Moshe. God said to Moshe, Lecha leimizeh. Go up from here. You and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. To the land that I swore to give to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, saying, I will give it to your descendants. And I'll send my messenger, angel messenger before you. And I will chase out through this messenger, through this angel, the inhabitants, the Canaanites, the Amorites, go up to the land of milk and honey. But I will not go up with you in your midst. You're a stiff-necked people. Lest I consume you on the way, lest I destroy you. So what is God saying? You can possess the land. The people that you prayed for uh, will survive. Not just survive. Possess the land, the land of milk and honey, drive out the inhabitants. Not only that, I'm sending my angel before you. Sounds like a pretty good deal, but I will not go with you. In verse number four, the people heard this bad, this bad thing. Harsh word. They mourned. Nobody put on their finery, their jewelry. So what is the bad word? The bad word is, I will not go up with you. Now, what does it mean, I will not go up with you? What it means is, there will not be a Mishkan. There will not be a tabernacle. Um, Actually, there can't be a tabernacle. And the reason is because when Moshe breaks the tablets, the tablets, the Torah said in chapter 32, are the work of God. And the writing is the writing of God. And the tablets were to be placed in the ark, which is the central vessel of the tabernacle, the central vessel of the Mishkan. So when Moshe breaks the tablets and the power of breaking the tablets, he actually makes it impossible to build the Mishkan. Remember, the golden calf is in between the instructions to build the Mishkan and what later will become the Mishkan, beginning in chapter 35. But now they can't build the Mishkan because they have no tablets. And God does not seem willing, ready, to give Moshe and Israel a second set of tablets. So it can't be built. So I will not go up with you means you can have the land, you can have the milk and honey, but you can't have the Mishkan. You can't have God's abiding presence, can't have the temple. And when the people heard this bad thing, they mourned, and nobody put on their jewelry. Here you have in the Torah, actually, a kind of biblical reference to a day on the Jewish calendar 
which we call Tishabav. Tishabav, or the three weeks. During those three weeks in the summer, time of national mourning, they essentially are framed by two events, the first being the golden calf, which is associated in the tradition with the 17th day of Tammuz, which initiates the three weeks. And the end of the three weeks is Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, day of mourning, where we remember various tragedies over time, including the destruction of the temple. And that ends the three weeks. And the point is that, of course, the temple stands in for all of the suffering and for God's absence. But actually, in the Torah, what are the people mourning? The people mourned, it says. Mourning. They're mourning the fact that the temple will not be with them. They're mourning God's absence. It's a sense of something is missing. And that's how the story actually begins. Moshe had prayed for the people already back on the mountain in chapter 32 when God threatened to destroy the people. And Moshe intervenes on part of the people. But over here... The issue is not about whether people will survive or not survive. The people will survive. The issue is what kind of survival would they have? What is the nature of this relationship between God and the people? So the people are on mourning. That's chapter 33, verse number 4. And now chapter 33, verse number 5 is very interesting. It says, Vayom Hashem Moshe, b'nei Yisrael atem am God said to Moshe, Say to the people, you are stubborn, stiff-necked. If I go in your presence, I will destroy you. Because we'll have a fight and I'll destroy you. Take Literally, take down the jewelry. And I will know what to do. So the Israelites, by Yitnatzlu, stripped themselves of their finery, of their jewelry, from Mount Chorev on. Now the problem with verse number 5 is that in verse number 4, we are already told that the people took off their jewelry. No one put on their jewelry. In verse 5, we have God instructing Moshe, tell the people you're stubborn. Now, Chorev ed yecha take down the jewelry from yourself, and let me think what to do. But the people have already, we have been told, not put on their jewelry. How did we relate verse 4 to verse 5? Furthermore, what does verse 6 mean? So the people strip themselves of their jewelry from Har Chorev. How do we resolve this problem? Some resolve it, and within the commentaries we have this. They read verse 5, For God had already said, in other words, it's out of order. The people took the jewelry off or didn't put it on because God had already commanded, God had already instructed Moshe, tell the people to take off the jewelry. Personally, I prefer the other approach, which is that there's a difference between simply not putting on their jewelry, and which is much stronger. Uh, take down the jewelry means not just for now, but it's more forceful. Don't put on the jewelry. Keep the jewelry off. And the difference between the two interpretations is very important. Are the people acting of their own? The second interpretation, the one that I favor, means the people have made a choice. No one instructed them. The people have a sense of something is deeply missing. Then God says, keep the jewelry off. And Vayit Yisrael, 
the people strip themselves of the jewelry is even stronger. And the third verse, which is verse number six, Vayitnatzlu, they strip themselves, is related presumably to what it says earlier in the book of Exodus. Moshe was told to tell the Israelites to take uh, gold and silver from the Egyptians. They will give them the gold and silver. Vinitzaltem et Mitzrayim. You will despoil Egypt. That's earlier in the book of Exodus. Vinitzaltem et Mitzrayim. So is saying more than they took the jewelry off. The sin of the golden calf, as we discussed uh, in the previous chapter, has to do with spiritually being connected to Egypt. It's that very gold that they took from Egypt with which they construct the golden calf. means they separated themselves. In the separating from the gold, they're separating from the Egypt experience. It's a move towards spiritually leaving Egypt behind. So the people, if this reading is correct, of their own, come to sense that something is deeply missing. It's not obvious. One could have said, okay, we can't have a temple. What's the big deal? Okay, we prefer a temple, but we have the land of milk and honey, and we have going to possess a land, and it's a good and a broad land, and it will be free people. They could have been content with that. They're not. They're in mourning. God, as described in these verses, in very, it's presented in a very human way. God says, look, I understand. What can I do about it? Uh, if I go in, if I go in your presence, in your midst, I will destroy you. But keep the jewelry off and let me think about it. And this is an invitation, as it were, to Moshe. Moshe in this chapter and the next chapter is a some of Moshe's finest moments, sees himself as a broker. He's the one who will bring the two sides together. The God who wishes to dwell amongst Israel but can't figure out how to do it, and the people who are mourning the loss, the absence of God. How do we bring the two sides together? That will be Moshe's role in chapter 33 and in chapter 34.